When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. I can't believe we're already 12 weeks into this podcast season. It's been absolutely crazy. Today, we're going to talk about Michael Harris and his throws and what's going on. If there's any hope for him. If this is just a sophomore slump, what's going on? We're going to dig into his metrics, look at his numbers, and really talk about him. I can't wait. I love doing player analysis like this, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did doing the research. Just a quick reminder, don't forget to go on to Braves Country Cooking and like and subscribe so that the show can get out there to people that don't know that it exists yet. No worries. Shameless plug. I don't care. All right. With that, let's get started. Alright, so let me start by saying that this may be a bit of a shorter episode just simply because I've actually been really sick the past few weeks on and off, which is really weird. I've been sick for a few days and then fine for a few days and then sick for a few days with something different. It's been a weird time in my life, but with that, I lost my voice and you might hear it a little bit in this podcast, so I've really gotten behind on my podcasting because I don't know if you guys know this but I don't record it all in one sitting I do segments here and there as I do more and more research well when I can't talk then I have to do it all in one day when I actually my voice is actually working with me and uh, today's that day so we'll see how it goes I appreciate you sticking with me through this thing but we're gonna talk about Michael Harris and it's gonna be fun that's maybe not so much as a sense of, man, he's doing awesome, but we will talk about him. The first thing I want to say is that I've been tracking him monthly pretty much ever since I noticed that he wasn't doing so hot. You know, he got injured early in the year, and so he could be dealing with that nagging injury, which is fine. That happens to a lot of players. But for the first part, I want to talk about how when I really noticed that he was struggling it was back in May. About mid-May, about May 17th or so, I did a really in-depth article for Battery Power about how he was struggling and why he was struggling. And then just recently I wrote another one showing any progress that he made over the past month. And so I kind of want to dig into the weeds on 
that information because in a podcast you can dig a lot deeper than you can in an article. Well, you can dig deep in an article, but it's a lot easier to talk and you can hear inflections of voices and things like that, And uh, which is why I love doing podcasts. But anyways, let's jump back to May 17th and kind of look at how he was doing about 19 or 20 games into his season. This Again, this is post-injury. He has come back, and he was most likely struggling with an injury. Uh, but let's look at his numbers. 19 games into his season, he had a 0.0 Fangrass wins above replacement, which is kind of odd when you think of the fact that he plays well above average defense in center field. We pretty much all know that. I'll dig into the numbers more if you want later, but for a player that brings positive value, remember wins above replacement is full value across base running, defense, and offense. Something that has such a defensive floor, meaning that you wouldn't go really low because your floor is so high. A 0.0 wins above replacement 19 games through is a bit concerning. Now, it's only 19 games, so it's not like you're going to see like a 5 war or something like that. But last year, Michael Harris had a 297 batting average, 339 on base percentage, and a 514 slugging. That was a 136 runs created plus or OPS plus, 36% better than league average. So far, up to May 17th of this year, he had a slash line of 217, 319, 317, which was an OPS plus of 79, 21% below league average. That's a massive drop-off in 57%. 57% drop-off. But the biggest deal for him is that last year, he absolutely wrecked righties. I mean, wrecked them. Was hitting them at an elite all-star, even maybe even MVP level, at a 161 runs created plus at 61% above league average, with a slash line of 323, 363, 580. But this year, up to May 17th, it dropped all the way down to a 73 runs created plus at a 211, 333, 263. So he's actually hitting lefties better this year than he is righties at a 90 WRC plus, runs created plus, or OPS plus, whichever you prefer. This again, this is at the time of May 17th. So he went and took his strength, which was hitting righties, and it's now become his weakness. And that really stinks for the Braves because the Braves are currently set up to wreck lefties. I mean, look at this. We've talked about it in the past, but the splits for Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies, for example, is hitting lefties better than anyone in the entire league, and then against righties would should be your number eight or nine hitter. That's how big the splits are against lefties and righties for key members of the Braves lineup. And so, you know, and we do know this too, that on average, you see right-handed pitchers about 69 to 70% of the time. So when you have a player that's crushing righties drop down to barely being able to hit them, that is a huge drop-off in production. Of course, there's reasons why. So I kind of want to dig into those reasons why Michael Harris has dropped off some. Of course, you know he came back from an injury, but that's kind of a general statement. I want to look into like the specifics of what he's doing differently and why he's unable to hit right-handed pitchers. 
Okay, now it could be due to the injury or it could not be. The point is that if you don't know the issue, you can't fix it, right? You can't just say, oh, it's because of the injury. Well, he's made adjustments because of the injury. So what adjustments can he make to right the ship, if you will? But first, I want to say that we knew that he was going to drop off some. And I've been saying this all offseason that he was going to come back down to earth. Because his batting average of balls in play was the 361 in 2022. And as we most of us probably know by now, the league average batting average of balls in play ranges from about 294 to 300 every year. Typically, it's less than, a little bit less than 300. What this means is he was getting pretty lucky on some hits. And even with the shift being limited, there was definitely chances of regression. His expected weighted on base average last year was also much lower than his actual on-base average. So what those two things show, his expected weighted on-base average was a 335 versus a 368 weighted on-base average. And so what both of those numbers show is that although it's not guaranteed, there are high odds that some regression were gonna ha- was going to happen in 2023. Did we think it was going to be this bad? I didn't, no. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. But some regression was going to happen. It was always going to happen. Up to May 17th, but spoiler alert, it gets worse in June. But up to May 17th, his strikeout rates and walk rates were a lot better. So that was a promising thing. His strikeout rate was at 18.2% and was 6.1% lower than it was last season. And his walk rate was at 10.4% in May, which is 5.6% higher than last year. But again, spoiler alert, that was in May. Things have changed since then, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But more specifically, I want to talk about how we know that the Braves way, I've probably said this before, is that as a whole, they try to get Braves players to sit back and wait for a fastball and crush it. And that's worked very, very well for them. The Braves typically lead, and they are this year, in the top categories of expected weighted on base average, slugging percentage, things like that. Hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball well, hitting a lot of home runs and doubles. The Braves excel in that area. And they do that by being able to sit back and wait for fastballs and then crushing them. Of course, You have guys like Matt Olson who do strike out a lot, but they still crush fastballs. And it allows them to, even with a lot of strikeouts, produce quality hits and a quality slash line with OPS plus well above league average, which is what Matt Olson is doing. Orlando Arcia, guys like that. And it's worked really, really well. And that's what Michael Harris did last year. But this year, He's really, really struggling against fastballs against right-handed pitchers. And again, you see right-handed pitchers way more than you see left-handed pitchers. And last year, Michael Harris was crushing righties. This year, he is not. We can see that he had an expected weighted on-base average of 428 in 2022 against fastballs. But up till May 17th, that had dropped all the way down to 286. 
His batting average and slugging percentage on fastballs was a 331 expected batting average. I should say an expected slugging based on how he was hitting it. Was a 331 expected batting average and an expected, an insanely high expected slugging percentage of 630 against the fastball last year against right-handed pitchers. This season has dropped down to a point to where you might not even want to play the player at a, an expected batting average. Remember, this is expected, so this is not unlucky. This is what, based on how he's hitting the ball, what the expected batting average is, a 151, and an expected slugging percentage of 286. Small sample size at this point, I know that that's encouraging that it's only a small sample size, but still, in the small sample, not exactly encouraging numbers, if you get what I'm saying. This is the craziest part, though. He's swinging and missing at pitches at a much higher rate. It jumped from 22.7% against fastballs to 39.1%. And on off-speed pitches, which, you know, would be a changeup, etc., has jumped from 25.2% to 42.9%. That's massive. But typically what that means is a player is chasing the ball a lot more outside the strike zone. They're not being patient, and they're swinging at bad pitches. But the crazy thing is, is hit, Michael Harris's chase rate on fastballs thrown by righties has actually dropped from 37% to 15.4%. So he, in May, up to May, he actually wasn't chasing the ball more. He was chasing the ball less than half of the times than he was last year. So what the heck is going on? But what is really happening is that for whatever reason, he is swinging and missing at fastballs that are thrown inside the strike zone. In 2022 or last season, he was swinging and missing at fastballs 17.5% of the time. Up to May 17th this year, he was swinging and missing at fastballs inside, not in general, inside the strike zone 48.5% of the time. Everyone is going to struggle like that. I don't care who you are. If you swing and miss at fastballs, which is typically the pitch that's the easiest to hit, 48.5% of the time when they're throwing the ball inside the strike zone where it's supposed to be the easiest place to hit, you're going to struggle. He also is not making up to May 17th, was not making quality contact. He had a barrel percentage of 0.0% on fastballs. What that means is a barrel is a contact that has an expected batting average over 500. So essentially it is quality contact with with a pitch or whenever you make contact with a pitch. The quality, what percentage of the contact is quality contact. And he has had none so far up to May 17th. And his launch angle angle has dropped from 11 degrees to negative 1 degrees on the fastball. And his average exit velocity dropped from 91.9 miles per hour to 83.8. However, I will like to say Harris is doing well hitting the slider. Uh, and a decent job hitting the curveball. He currently, on May 17th, had an expecting expected batting average of 452 and expected slugging percentage of 945 on the slider so it's almost like 
he forgot how to hit a fastball and focused heavily on a slider. Unfortunately, pitchers don't pitch sliders as much as fastballs, and not every pitcher throws a slider. But when they do, he's been crushing it. And he has an expected batting average of a .236 and expected slugging of .413 on the curveball. Not elite or anything like that like he's doing with the slider, but a heck of a lot better than his fastball. So basically, Michael Harris' greatest strength has turned into his greatest weakness, which is hitting right-handed pitching and especially fastballs. And he's missing zone pitches inside of the zone, which is pretty bizarre if you think about it. So I think right now would be a good time to take a break, and then we'll jump into what improvements has he made since that time. Are these things that he's struggling with getting better in the past month? We'll see after the break. Alright, back from break. And now remember we talked about, we checked in on Michael Harris around May 17th. And then at the time of this recording, it was June 12th. We record a little bit ahead of time. And Michael Harris's slash line was 205, 278, 329, with a runs created plus of 65. So what that means is over the past month that Michael Harris has actually dropped off even further offensively. That's fine. He's got some good things going for him, but he's dropped off. It's been even worse against right-handed pitchers. Last month, uh, through May 17th, he was hitting 211, 333, 263 with a 73 runs created plus. And since then, in 68 plate appearances, he was hitting 190, 235, 317, which is a 46 runs created plus. Or if you like OPS plus. Um, OPS plus and runs created plus are not exact, but they're normally within three or four points of each other. So whichever you like better. But as you can see, he got even. It, that's not good news. It got worse. However, his batting average and balls in play against uh, overall in that period has dropped all the way down to 233. So he has been having some terrible luck in that department. As far as expected weighted on base average, if you like that stat, it dropped from 337 in May to 317, and. That's the bottom 38% of the league. And we talked about his walk rate and his strikeout rate being better. His walk rate was a 10.4, which was higher than 2022, but now it's dropped to 7.4%. And his strikeout rate was looking pretty good at 18.2%, but it's risen to 23.5%. Doesn't tell the whole story, but it is something to look at. However, he has been improving in some areas, okay? He improved with swinging and missing at fastballs versus right-hand pitchers. Remember we talked about how bad that was? How he was swinging and missing at 48.5% of fastballs inside the strike zone? Well, that's dropped way down to 26.1%, which is massive uh, it, that's a huge, huge change, and we'll see positive results because of it. 
if you look at his swing and miss percentage on fastballs overall, and this includes lefties, it dropped from 39.1% down to 28.1%. And his expected batting average and expected slugging have gone up from 129 and 136 to 176 and 263. Obviously, you want to see those numbers a lot higher, but they're rising. So we're seeing positive in the underlying metrics, we're seeing positive increases. Okay, so overlying numbers are going down, went down, but his, his overarching numbers went down, but his underlying metrics are showing positive, right? So we should be seeing a breakout here soon. His barrel percentage, which means his quality contact against fastballs, against right-handed pitchers, he had literally zero barrels up to May 17th, and it's jumped up to 8 0.8%. That's a massive jump. So we're seeing a lot of positives for him. And we've seen in his past 50 plate appearances, his overall expected weighted on base average was not good, but his last 20 or so have been in the top 20% of Major League Baseball. So in in a in the full month, it's been bad, but in the past few days, it's been really freaking good. So and, and we've seen, you know, he continues to have stellar defense as well. He's top 10% uh, in outs above average, top 20% in outfielder jump, top 11% in arm strength. He's doing fine. And it's really funny because, like I said, I sit down and I do this recording uh, in segments. And I had to jump on right before I posted this because I published this. Because I'm, I'm doing this podcast on Michael Harris, and then all of a sudden, over the past two days, he's been on fire. In fact, in the doubleheader, well, not the doubleheader, but the game before the doubleheader, and the first game in the doubleheader, he had eight hits within two games. And that brought up his average to 435 over his last six games. So remember I said his last few plate appearances looked really good well they continue to do so so over his last six games he has a batting average of 435 and then he's posting a 380 expected weighted on base average against right-handed pitchers for the entire month of june so remember we we're looking from may 17th through the middle of june if you just look at june he's doing a lot better against right-handed pitchers and his expected weight on base average for just June against right handed pitcher fastballs is 450. So he is, over the past 20 or so plate appearances, looking amazing. So, that being said, over an entire month span, does not look good. Over the past two weeks or so, has looked fantastic. All right, that's this week's episode. Thanks so much for sticking with me. I'm sure you could hear it in my voice. I was struggling, so I appreciate you guys sticking with me, even though it was hard for me to talk and you couldn't hear me very well. But I did my best. I pushed through, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you like and subscribe to Braves Country Cooking Podcast Feed, where myself and Chatting Average are both there for your enjoyment. If you want to email the show, you can email us at bravesdugout at gmail.com and you can follow the show at bravesdugoutpod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page, which has been booming. We have a Facebook group. Keep joining. I really appreciate it. I'd love to continue to talk to you about baseball. And with that, 
As always, go Braves.